Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to sit back and take a sip of your tea or tequila. Whatever you're feeling today, let's get talking. Hi guys, today we have a very interesting and exciting guest. I would explain what she does, but I feel like she would do a lot better job than me. <laughs> so here we have Deanne. Hello. Uh, explain what I do. Oh, geez. I'm a massage therapist by trade. I teach massage therapy. I'm also a tarot card reader and I do intuitive energy work on people and I write. So there we go. That, that pretty much covers it. And I'm a mom. So that pretty much covers it. Some of the hardest things. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. It is a lot some days. And then some days I feel like I should be doing more. Wow. I'm excited to uh, dig into that because that's there's a whole lot there. Um, I do nothing. I just lay in bed all day and I'm like, wow, I'm tired. So I don't <laughs> <laughs> Well, but if you're doing a lot of deep thinking, that counts. It's something. Mm-hmm. It's something. It is something. Thank you. That makes me feel better. <laughs> so I guess we'll just dig in. It's question time. All right. What is tarot? Oh, geez. Okay. Tarot is an ancient art of divination. Some people use it to tell the future. I learned from my grandmother when I was a little kid. So I started reading tarot at the age of seven, but she taught me on a regular deck of cards. So a deck of 52. Uh, When I got older, I got my first tarot deck, which has 74 cards because there's a whole higher arcana that you have to learn about. And I've been doing it ever since. So that's uh, 40 years, I guess. Now I've been reading tarot. Okay. Wow. 40 <laughs> years. Okay. So divination, but what, so you said some people. Uh, so some people think it tells the future, the way I was taught by my grand, she said it was more like a map reading. So if somebody comes to you with a, with a question or they're confused about something, you're basically laying out a map. The way I explain it to people is like, if you and I went to the mall and we wanted to go to Starbucks, we go and we look at the map that they show us and it'll show us the clear path to the goal, which is Starbucks. Right. And then as we're walking along, we look down one aisle and we're like, oh, I want to go to the record store. We'll still get to Starbucks. But all of a sudden we've now made a decision to change the map. We're going the other way to the record store, but we still will eventually make our goal. So when you're telling people what you see in the tarot, it's like, this is where we are. Here's your goal. This is what could happen. We get to have free will. So every day go to Tim Hortons for coffee. I read your tarot and I say, "Okay, this and this and this are going to happen. But then tomorrow morning, you decide you're going to Starbucks and not Tim Hortons. Some of those things are still going to happen, but maybe not in the same order because you've now altered the map just a little bit. Okay, cool. The concept is that's really um, that's really exciting. You can use it to tell a lot about people too, uh, from a psychological standpoint as well. It can dive pretty deep into that. A lot of people, when they come to me for readings, that turns into more of a psychology appointment because we start picking apart where the mental monsters are and the things they need to work through to get to the goal that we see in the map. So obviously, if I were to look at these cards, I am not trained and I wouldn't see anything. So how do you get what you see? Yes and no. It's so there are probably 500,000 different decks of tarot and they're all they're done by all different artists. And I know a few people who've created their own decks. I have seven decks of tarot right now and five decks of oracle cards, which are a whole other thing. And so each deck that I have for tarot does something different. So the one that I use to read for public, if I don't really know people or if we're doing parties or something is my white cat deck. So my white cat deck tells stories. And it will tell me a lot about a person, about how where the cards are positioned. 
because every card does have a specific meaning, but it can change a little bit depending on the type of spread that you do. So how you lay the cards out is a whole other thing to learn. And that's an infinite thing. A lot of people will just draw three simple cards. Um, I was taught to read what's called the Celtic Wheel, which has 10 cards to that spread. But I've done readings that were like a full year reading that have, you know, 22 cards in there that you're laying out and interpreting how that's going to work. I have another deck that's a Black Crow deck. And that one I often use for people if they have very specific things about their careers and stuff that they're looking for. Because the crow is a very intelligent bird, but it likes shiny things. So it likes to draw money towards it. So that's a good one to use for money. Um, I was gifted one that was created by Salvador Dali. And I don't even know what to do with that one yet, to tell you the honest truth, because the pictures are so unique that I haven't quite figured out how that deck speaks. I'm so like... I just know nothing about it. So hearing all of that, it's, it's, it's blowing my mind. That's such a crazy world that I know nothing about. That's so cool. Have you taught your daughter? Um, Lily actually got her first deck of tarot. Oh gosh, she was probably about six years old too. And she picked it out from the store. She's got a couple of decks of Oracle cards, which are similar, but they're not numbered. They tend to represent slightly different. And she does read for herself every once in a while. And she reads for her friends. Yeah, it's actually pretty cute. I learned on an old-fashioned deck. So when you look at a deck of cards, in tarot cards, some decks will have what are called um, chalices, which is the heart card in a regular deck. You have your swords, which is the spades in a regular deck. The diamonds are pentacles and the clubs are wands. So they do correspond to a regular deck of cards. Oh, I'm learning so much. (laughs) Well, my, my nan was an old Irish, we called her the old Irish witch, but she had a little bit of Roma in her as well. And we think that's where the fortune telling stuff came from. So a little bit of gypsy in there too. So she did tea leaves as well, which I was very sad. I didn't get to learn from her before she passed, but I've actually been working with some other pagans and learning how to read tea leaves now too, which is really cool. So what are pagans? Oh Lord. Um, if you sort of look at Christianity has a thousand different ways you can practice. So does paganism. Cause there's people who believe in different gods. There's some pagans who just believe in nature. It's a very personal thing. So you get to kind of choose. There's no real church you go to, except you get to hang out outside a lot. Most of the pagans I know become really environmentally conscious. Cause we understand that we're on equal footing with nature and animals. Um, and it is all about getting to know yourself, which is where the tools like tarot and stuff really come in handy if you're trying to figure your own psyche out. And it's just being responsible for the world around you. And we light a lot of candles and drink a lot of wine and burn a lot of incense. <laughs> and we have more holidays than any other belief system, I think. Oh, Oh gosh. Yeah. There's full moon, new moon, February. We had two separate days. There's other ones coming up in March. We celebrate spring, fall, summer, winter. There's always something. You know, like different phases of the moon. Yep. Does that mean like different things like when that happened for you guys? Um, So on a new moon, which is the dark moon, that's when you are supposed to be deciding what it is you want to plant. So goals that you're going to set, intentions that you have, habits that you want to break, people you want to get rid of, (laughs) relationships and stuff like that. You set those intentions, you figure out how you're going to work towards that. Some pagans have rituals, some don't. And then on a full moon, that's more you're going to now see what you've been able to accomplish, what you've been able to do, and then decide where you're going to move on from there. So it's almost like every two weeks you have a check-in about what you're doing, where you're at, and you're really refocusing what it is you want to be focusing on, I guess. 
That's cool because it has, I think even if you're not part of that belief system, you can still see the value in doing things that way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's a lot of people who identify as pagan or identify as witches that still follow regular, uh, I don't want to say regular, but other religions as well too. There's a whole sect of Christian witches. Um, When you go online, you'll find everybody and everything. Our real belief system too, though, is to not condemn anybody for what they believe. As long as they're good people, as Buddha would say, all roads lead back to the same. So we kind of go in with that understanding. This is sort of something that I've that I've maybe heard. I, I don't know through what maybe culture stuff, video games, maybe. But I've heard like paganism as being sort of like a it's had like a negative connotation to it. Have you heard it in that light? Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. So why is that? It doesn't sound Um. it doesn't sound negative. I feel like everyone's like, it's a cult. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm hiding my green skin as we speak. I got rid of the wart on my nose. <laughs> If you go back in history, back to ancient Greece, actually, I've been studying a lot of pagan history over the last couple of years, just because it really was interesting to me, because we are the healers of the village. So one of the original witches um, is Circe, which I guess anybody who watches Game of Thrones, she's nasty. Don't think of her. This is the actual um, Greek mythology. And she was the healer and because she could read nature and she could read the moon signs and the star signs and all of that. Often villagers would come and ask for help for whatever. But then as the patriarchal sort of religions like Christianity began to take over, they wanted to take power away from the women. And it also became more of a political thing. We believe in wisdom and learning, where if you go back in ancient times for Christianity, it was only the elite or the priests or things like that that had the education because then everybody else had to work for them kind of idea. So in order for that to happen and the patriarchal kind of thing to take over, we had to become the bad guy. So the little brews that we could make and all of that, when you start looking in mythology, all of a sudden we become this haggard old woman, you know, eats babies and does whatever else. Now there's some witches who will disagree with me. And again, all different types, but for where I look from, I don't necessarily see good or bad most of the time. Now there are very bad things that happen, but Everything in life to some degree is a shade of gray. It's what your intention is behind it. Because we kind of work more in that realm, some people may mistake that for being evil. So, you know, Lucifer and Satan got a bad rap too. They've been cast as the angry evil will do anything for mankind. But if you really start to research the mythology and the stories behind that, you'll actually see that they're more just a reflection of the other side of us. When I was down in New Orleans a couple of years ago, I ended up hanging out with some Luciferians and some people from the Church of Satan. And they were actually some of the nicest people and well-read, super well-spoken and really involved in their communities. So it was quite an eye-opening experience where we're portrayed differently in media because media needs a bad guy. And because a lot of the supernatural stuff is misunderstood and we're fearful of it, the minute you become fearful, you're going to cast something as as evil. Like I know um, growing up, there was a lot of my friends' parents who did not like the fact that I could read tarot. That was considered a very evil. There were some people who just thought that was evil and it was bad. And Wow. Yeah. I think that's kind of a, kind of a more traditional old way of thinking to kind of shut everything weird. I feel like people are a little bit more accepting of new ideas. And well, I mean, this isn't new, but different yeah. than normal. Well, normal. People are more open-minded. Yeah, for sure. Open-minded. Yeah. I think because people are seeking more individuality in a lot of ways right now too, that it's more appealing and it is more open, but there's still countries like many places in Africa, you could not openly call yourself a pagan or a witch. You would be stoned to death almost instantly. Like it's so feared there. 
even now there's some people, cause I do have a series of tattoos. Actually. Yeah. Evelina, since last time you saw me, I got all tattooed up. Um, oh, nice. Many of them. I know. Right. But most of them are pagan in origin. And so I'm easily identifiable now. So it's not something I can really hide. And there are people who misunderstand, like we've had the same neighbors for 13 years. They're hardcore Catholics. And so it's kind of like, well, you know how we've been friends a real long time. Um, Oh, so there's this thing I've always been. So that shouldn't change our friendship. And you could sort of see she was like trying to wrap her head around it. I mean, it's awesome. We have the best conversations about it now. But that initial bit was a little like, you're a what now? <laughs> so, okay, are you going to be doing anything weird in the backyard? It's like, well, if I haven't already, it's not going to start now. So <laughs> it is pretty cool because there's a lot of history behind it. And most of it just comes from being able to work with nature, being able to work with your herbs and oils, understanding natural medicine, um, and just understanding how to work with all of that in order to keep people healthy and that you, you trust your instincts on things. You know, if you're reading cards, there's others who, like I said, do tea leaves and there's all sorts of divination. You can throw bones, read runes. There's so many things that I know very little about that just fascinate me as well. On TikTok, there was a whole bunch of people doing tarot readings, but then I'd look and it was like a million people liked it. And everyone's like, yes, I claim this. Like, it's for me. Do you read your horoscope in the newspaper? No, I read them sometimes in like magazines. Sometimes. Well, exactly. And once in a while, you'd be like, yeah, I get something from that. We'll identify with something that draws us to it. But often too, I think, okay, I'm in Aries. So if I read the Aries horoscope, I'm like, in theory, one twelfth of the world is also Aries. So they're all going to get something out of this, right? It's, I do do virtual readings, but not card picks like that. I do them like the way you and I are talking kind of thing. And we had to switch to that because of COVID, but those ones I'm a bit suspect of. Yeah. Just because, but if you are drawn to a particular picture, like if I laid out three cards and you said, okay, that one right there. Obviously, there is something speaking to you about it, but then we'd have to see what the interpretation comes from. Because my nan was also good at dream interpretation too. Like she was a fascinating woman. She was super cool. With the TikTok videos too, though, it's funny because they're always like, this will only come true if you like, comment, and share. And I'm like, I don't think that's how it works. Well, one of the things that the original tenets of the craft is that we are supposed to share our gifts because there are gifts to share. If you're given the ability to work in the healing arts that you can make, you know, lotions and things like that, that help people, that is what you're supposed to do. Yes, you can ask for payment, but it's not supposed to be anything where you're selling people crap. It's sort of just, you know, to pay your bills or you do things for trade and that kind of thing. But those ones are more just about popularity. And I bet you if you sat down with the people who were doing the cards, they wouldn't understand their decks personally. They'd be looking more from the books, which are helpful for interpretations when you're first starting out because every deck comes with a book that explains what each card means. But what you'll find as you use it, the pictures themselves start to talk to you, which is why I have specific decks for specific things because those pictures will tell me the story a little bit clearer. You talked about um, sort of horoscopes and uh, being in Aries and having, you know, one twelfth of the world be the same thing. In theory, yes. Yeah, it's it sounds like you don't fully believe in that. Astrology is absolutely fascinating, but not in the way we're sold, like from fortune cookies or in the newspaper or anything like that. There's a couple of um, ladies that I know that are fantastic astrologists, but they want your time of birth so they can figure out what moon was rising, where all the planets were. And all of those things actually do really start to bring in a picture of the person 
themselves very specifically. So there is something to it. And a lot of people will have traits of certain signs, but I was actually supposed to be born a Pisces. I was just 10 days late. So I ended up being an Aries, but I have a lot of Pisces traits. So it's quite interesting in that way. And it does help to, um, you know, understand people a little bit more, but when they tell you like, Oh, don't ever marry a cancer. I married a cancer. We've been together 27 years. We're not supposed to be compatible, right? Like you really can use it to help understand, but again, free will, how you grow up and all of those things do play into it. And the lottery numbers they give you will never win. They just don't. (laughs) That's funny. Okay. That's interesting. I think I can ask this question. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? That's one of the other things I do. I do house clearings and stuff. So yes, yes, I do. Okay. So what are ghosts? Do you just say that they're like dead people roaming around? I don't kind of. A lot of times, if the person who's passed has an attachment to a place or another person, or if their story's just not finished yet, they just want to tell you because energy never ceases to exist. It just changes form, right? So what you're housed in right now is only a piece of who you are, your soul, your energy, however you want to look at it has its own vibrancy. So when the shell that you're in kind of shuffles off the mortal coil, that energy has to go somewhere. And so depending on what you believe, if you believe in heaven or anything like that, if you're done here, that's where you're going to head off to. But if you're in the middle of, you know, needing to finish something, or there's somebody that you just want to watch over because you care for them, or you really like your house and you don't want to go anywhere, you're going to stay. And sometimes it's, they can be other things that you can't really explain or pinpoint that it's a person or whatever, but there can be other energies that pierce through the veil here as well. Cause I've done a few house clearings that were um, weird. I'd be too scared to do that. Well, Lily doesn't like me doing it. It's funny because she started watching Supernatural with me. And then she's like, is that what it's like when you go to clear house? I'm like, not even close. It's so boring most of the time. But she's like thinking monsters are jumping out of closets and stuff. And she goes, well, what do you do when you're there? I'm like, well, that's why you carry salt, right? And I just kind of made a joke out of it. And of course, then the very next house clearing I did not long after that, there was some stuff moving around the shelves and it was a little on the freaky side. And I was like, okay, so maybe I wasn't kidding. I should carry more salt with me or something. I'm in such a weird place because I'm normally a pretty big skeptic when it comes to honestly like all all of these things Good. all of all of the things that that you're teaching me about right now an open-minded skeptic is the best thing to be like i used to yeah. preface talking about any of this stuff is like i do weird things because i know how people can view it like a lot of what you see on tv absolute bs right. any ghost hunter that walks into a building and automatically starts I like show them. me what you got what because i hate those shows i'm like first off you're being rude because if there is a being in that room they have something to tell you why would you start screaming at them like they're obviously distressed in pain or whatever it is so those shows drive me absolutely crazy because they're so fake and so rude. It's not the overt stuff that you see in the movies. Those types of things I'm sure probably have happened to some degree, but I've never seen anything like massively big or scary or, you know. Yeah, I think all of that stuff in those shows that 
to anybody with with half a brain can see that they're fake. I think it really gives the real stuff that you do sort of a, a bad look. Like it's it's like telling anyone I'm a witch, right? They expect a very certain yeah. aesthetic to that too. And I think the only aesthetic I think that's really funny too is that they think all witches have to have like a ton of jewelry. We all wear. Okay, yes, I am wearing black today, but that's just a, a choice. But there's a very specific thing that they think we should be, and I this is where it's a little bit hard with newer paganism in that way because that's how they sell it. The new age shops and all of that. There's a specific type of crystals you should have, and you should have this kind of incense and dress this certain way. And it's all love, light and whatever. And you need to go deeper. Like with any belief system, you should want to know the history. You should want to know where it comes from and understand that it isn't all happiness, love and light. And just because you think you know how to cast spells, you probably don't if you're doing it for self-gain. Wow. So how does somebody get into what you're saying before about talking to people from uh, who are part of you know the Satanism? I don't think paganism has quite as as bad of a reputation as Satanism. Just sounds it sounds terrible. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? They are actually down in in Louisiana. They're really good community supporters. They basically what it is when you look at my understanding, because again, I don't really follow that line, but. They don't like being told what to do. When you look at most structured religions, you're being given a very specific set of dogma that you need to follow. And there's not a lot of room for free will. And there's a lot of guilt with a lot of conventional religion too, right? Like if you do this, you're bad, you're going to go to hell. My understanding with things like Luciferians, they don't believe in hell per se. They don't also believe that it's necessarily bad to have free will. It doesn't mean that you get to go out and murder someone because we have a fundamental agreement that's actually wrong, but no one should have to tell you to do that. So it's just sort of a different ideology of not having somebody constantly making you feel guilty for what your choices are, that you're living by your own moral guide. Now, that being said, if you read about different cults and things, a lot of them will take the names and twist them and make them something bad to have an excuse then for what they're doing. They'll take the modern aesthetic of who Satan is, and then all of a sudden that's what they're following, but they're not really reading about the actual ideology. They're not looking at the history. They're just taking what they've been told in media and running with it and using it as an excuse for bad behavior. Oh man, that's so bad because it just makes the whole thing look bad because everybody else has that thought of of it as well. So they take that misunderstanding and, and spread it. I had somebody ask me once too, like, do you cast spells? And I laughed and I was like, well, if you're asking me if I've turned anyone into a frog, I don't know how to do that. And I said, I don't think you can, but casting spells is almost identical to prayer. We have really pretty words that we recite. We have it with intention that we want to focus on something, whether it's helping somebody else heal, you know, making sure that our own mental health is in good place, whatever it is that you're doing. It's just a construct that's slightly different. So for paganism, the easiest way to understand that pagans don't bow to any God and we don't ask any God to do anything for us, but we'll ask for guidance on how to do it ourselves. If I have a friend that's really, really ill with something, I'll cast a spell or do a prayer where I'm asking for insight or guidance on how can I be of service to them? How can I help them out? What is a good pathway that can open for them? Rather than sitting down, praying to whichever God is out there, whatever name you've given it and saying, can you please help them? And you do that. And you're laying it off on somebody else. I'm trying to take accountability for that kind of thing. Or if I'm in a really bad way for whatever reason, again, cast a spell to find a way out, to find a pathway to, you know, act as a better person, to help find a way to apologize to somebody maybe I've hurt rather than 
can God do this for me? Right. Cause then you're in debt to something as well too, where at least if you have to be accountable, you're the one who's accountable for it. Yeah. I think that, I mean, that sounds better to me. It sounds more realistic too. It sounds like you doing something, which, which to me as a, as a skeptical person sounds more practical. Like we have, oh, I don't even know how many gods and goddesses are in paganism all around because I mean, paganism as an umbrella also covers most indigenous ideologies as well. So you add all of that and there's probably thousands of gods in there that everybody kind of goes for. And I know at certain times in my life, there's different ones I've, I've called upon because of the stories behind them, the aesthetic that they represent are something that I needed at that point in my life. Uh, a few years back going through a little bit of a tough time with my own mental health and really trying to find some good strength from that. One of the goddesses that I had been reading about that really drew me to her was the Morgan. She's the goddess of the battlefield. So you call upon her when you need to find strength to find your way through because she'll take you through the toughest time and usher you out the other side because that's what she represents. So that's who I called upon quite a bit at that time. And now it's more looking into, because I'm seeking knowledge and I really want to understand certain things about my history. Right now, the goddess Lilith is absolutely fascinating to me. But when you talk about Lilith in a Christian sense, that starts to tread into, oh, she was evil. She was bad. She was this. But you come to where I'm reading it from. She was misunderstood. She wanted knowledge and she was told she couldn't have it. They're the same in each one? The There's a lot of same origin. I don't know if you've ever studied like Greek mythology and then Roman mythology. Yeah. They're the exact same stories, just different names. Mm. The gods are the same. They represent the same things. It's just the names have changed to suit the society that was prevalent at the time. Right. In every religious understanding and almost every ideology belief system, there's a trinity. Right. Like for paganism, we have on the female side, there's maiden mother crone. You have the father, son, Holy Ghost in Christianity. And if you look, there's a trinity of sorts in almost any belief system. Cool. It all originates from pretty much the same place. There's a lot of people who are going to hate me for saying that, but it is true. It just everything has a different face, but all roads lead back to the same. If you're really wanting to just be a good person, it shouldn't matter what you call it. It matters what you do with it. Oh, that's so true. I like it. I don't know if somebody hates that, then I don't know. I hate them. <laughs> that sounds good. Hey, spread love, not hate. When you start messing with people's understanding, we're not as a species really good at critical thinking and we're not really good at thinking on our own. And the minute you sort of rock somebody's understanding of something, you try to challenge them. It's fear. The world right now at large is reacting out of fear because we don't know what's, what's going on. And so the way people are behaving is absolute chaotic because we're like fearful little squirrels. And so we're just kind of running around yeah. panicking about everything. You mentioned crystals and using those. How does that work? Depends on how you want to use them. My nan had some pretty interesting superstitions when it came to stuff like that, but crystals give off vibration and they are measurable from a scientific point of view. There's an electromagnetic field on different crystals at different vibrations. And so there's some thought that some can help with very specific things. Quartz on its own, just clear quartz or smoky quartz is kind of the stand-in for everything. If you have nothing else, quartz will work for calming you down. It works for absorbing negative energy. It can help take away nightmares, all of that. But if you get into very specific things like love magic, use rose quartz. It's a pretty pink color. It gives off a nice vibration of caring and of love. If you're trying to get rid of nightmares and feel grounded, 
Obsidian is good because it's an ace dark one. It absorbs things. Moonstones are good to have near the moon because you can charge them up that way. There's a whole books and books on this stuff. And yeah. I just find it, I always just sort of pick the ones that the color that I'm drawn to. And I find I do that when I do my intuitive healing work too. Often I'll just go and grab crystals and give them to the client. Not really, I don't, I don't know. It's a pretty blue one. Take that one. It seems like the right one to have, <laughs> but then I'll go look it up after. And it's got the properties of whatever that person needed to, you know, help them get through grief or just help keep them from getting anxious. But that's also psychosomatic. You have something to hang on to then too. Right. So, yeah. On Instagram, I've seen a lot of people's stories have just been like them putting crystals, like when they're having a bath and stuff in that and like wearing it with jewelry. It's become like a new trend in a uh-huh. way. And I'm like, I don't actually know. I've got moonstone on today. Yeah, that's it. And then I've got silver on today. Usually I have a few of them. And if I'm not working massage in the day, I have a ton of bracelets and all that because I don't get to wear it any other time because I can't wear it when I'm working. So are there any questions that you hate or just don't like that people ask? I'm open to people asking anything as long as it's done with respect. Like if we're talking the witch thing, it's like, would you ask this of a Christian or a Jewish person? If you could word the same question, would you feel comfortable asking them? So that stopped people a few times too, because then they don't ask the ridiculous things like this spell casting kills me. That one's funny because I do like to explain that one. Um, No, I don't ride a broom. Yes, I do have a broom that hangs above my altar upstairs. They actually do represent cleaning and movement and being able to move things through and get rid of the old and all that kind of stuff. But as far as riding them, the mythology behind that actually has a little bit to do with drug use. So that we just kind of let that one go. (laughs) Smart. Yeah, that's pretty much where that comes from. But it is just sort of the, I don't like it when people make assumptions, but that comes a lot with what we're told in the media too, right? I'm open as long as it's respectful. I think that's most people with anything. Mm -hmm. Like, Like I said to Kale earlier, skepticism is absolutely healthy and I think it's necessary, but you still, to be a good skeptic, you still have to be open to the possibility of what could be there, right? Like, do I believe in aliens? I think there's a strong possibility, but I've never seen one. So I don't know, but I've got friends who are like diehard aliens are coming and this is what's going to happen. And I'm like, all right, we'll see what happens. So it is sort of the healthy skepticism is a good thing. Yeah. I would say that that's kind of where I'm at with, with kind of all those things is just that like, I can't say that it is or it isn't real. I just haven't experienced it for myself. So it, who am I to say, you know? Absolutely. Like even with the tarot, I had, I did a reading for a woman, laid out all the cards and like oftentimes stuff will just pop into my head. I'll see things in the pictures, but then certain things will just pop in my head that I'll tell people. So I said to her, like, I get the feeling you're going to travel coming up and it's in a month that starts with J. Well, there's three months. You've got January, June, and July. And I said to her, but I get the feeling that it's warm. So it's probably going to be sometime in the summer. And she was like, oh, okay. And then we kind of went through the rest of it. She phones me September of that year and she was absolutely pissed off at me. And I'm like, why? She goes, I didn't go anywhere in June. Apparently she went somewhere the last part of July and August. So therefore she thought I was full of crap because I didn't nail like the exact day. And I was like, this is a crapshoot lady. Like I don't give guarantees on stuff, which is also why I don't like doing the readings of the ones that you see kind of in media. And I know some people swear by these readings, but if you come to, I'm not going to tell you who you're going to marry. I can't give you a description of that. You know, like I can tell you what kind of relationship would be a good suit for you, but I can't say like, you know, the man of your dreams is going to walk across this street on this day. Like 
it's never like that because there is free will that play. It's that whole map concept. If you do everything exactly the way you're supposed to do with no deviation from what you do, then yes, what I tell you is more than likely going to happen in exactly the way it's laid out. But if you change one little thing, you've now exercised free will and that causes a ripple effect on what could happen. And then sometimes I'm gobsmacked. I told a lady once that I was certain she was going to find a house because she'd been house hunting for quite a while. I said, no, I'm pretty certain you're going to find a house. And then it just popped into my head. I had this picture of her in this gorgeous house with these south-facing windows. And I just said to her, like, it's going to have south-facing windows, blah, blah, blah. Didn't hear from her for months. She comes back for another reading. She goes, I have to tell you the weirdest thing. We looked at houses all over the place, never saw one that matched your description at all. And I was like, well, you know, shit happens. And then she said, she goes, but then we stopped one day. There was a house that was for sale by owner. We weren't with our real estate agent. We went in, she said, loved the house, fell in love, bought it, everything. It wasn't until they were unpacking three months later, she realized that the main room had south-facing windows that were floor to ceiling the way I told her they would be. But by that point, she had forgotten about it. And as she's telling me, I was like, no way, that did not happen. Like, I need to come to your house and see this for myself now. And she was looking at me like, you were the one that told me. I'm like, I know, but that's crazy. Like, I, that's too much detail for even me sometimes. So I'm skeptical of some of the things that pop out of my own mouth, honestly. And when I get a real absolute hit like that, I'm probably equally as surprised as the person I've read for. I actually have like a, a question on on that note of being like surprised. Do you ever have uh, like a reading that is extra bad? And also, if you do, do you tell them? My nan always taught me that you never tell people about death because death is inevitable. And sometimes when you tell people things that are in their map, there are certain things they should avoid, right? So if I tell you that, you know, you need to be really aware of your finances coming up. So don't do any extra spending, you know, that's good advice. It means don't go out and just frivolously spend your money. There is a reason and maybe something happens, you need extra money, whatever. But she said, if you see death and you tell somebody, they're going to try to delay it. So I did a reading for a girl a number of years ago laid out the cards and I didn't know her very well at the time. We've since become friends, but I said to her, like, you've had two losses. And she said, yeah. And she told me about her uncle and somebody else. And I could see a third one sitting there and it was sitting in a strong male representation. So I got a strong feeling it was her dad. And I knew I'm like, he's going to die. And I couldn't tell her because she would have been so hyper-focused Right. So it's kind of interesting. So we do the rest of the reading. I kind of skirted past, like, I'm like, just, you know, really be aware of the people around you. Spend good time with those people that you love, making my nan proud of not actually going, someone's going to die. Two months later, she phoned me and she told me her dad had passed and she said, You knew. And I was like, I did know. And she said, Thank you for not telling me because then she could have her good relationship with her dad. She wasn't trying to force any conversations that shouldn't happen. Like she was much more engaged with the people around her on that recommendation, but there wasn't this overhanging fear that was going to eat into everything. Right. Or if um, my nano is used the example, like if you see that someone could potentially get hit by a bus, you don't say, Oh my God, you're going to get hit by a bus. Because what happens to that person is they get so consumed thinking I'm going to get hit by a bus. I'm going to get hit by a bus that they step off the curb and they get mowed down by a bus. Where if you say to someone, you know, really keep your head up, watch your surroundings, just make sure if you're out in busy places that you are just really keeping tabs on what you're doing. Then the person's looking up, they go to cross the street, they see the speeding bus, they stop. So you do have the power to kind of change certain things, but often there's big things that are meant to happen. Good things happen, bad things happen. There's really no, there's certain things we can't change. 
So is there usually good and bad and every time you do? Um, Sometimes, no, sometimes they're almost a little bit boring. It's like doing a check-in and you're like, yep, you're right where you're supposed to be. Like, this is where you're going to move along to. Um, And for a lot of people, what they get out of it is clarification. Sometimes you're being told things you already know, but you didn't quite want to maybe admit to yourself or that you weren't quite ready to see. This is where the psychology stuff starts to pop out after a while too. It's like, oh, like, you know, I'll say to someone, are you looking to make a job change? And like, oh, well, I kind of want to, but I don't think I should, you know? And I'm like, well, what are you afraid of? Because if you make a job change, this is what I see coming. Like, yes, there's a bit of fear there. Yes, there's some risk but we start to delve into what might be holding them back or, you know, oh, you're rushing into this thing. You know, the cards are kind of saying, maybe you should slow down and consider stuff. And so a lot of it just becomes a very organic conversation, but you start to learn a lot about what's kind of motivating people too. And my husband laughs at me sometimes because he's like, inevitably I can tell something big's going down because our one dog will walk over and he just lays his head in people's laps when something big is about to come or I automatically have Kleenex on the table and the, what should be 45 minute card reading turns into a two hour conversation. So it's a, it's a really interesting thing to see what people can get out of it as well. So is there a difference between like what you do and then psychics? Yes. Most people have abilities in certain ways. There's people who are, I don't know if I'm going to get all the terms right. Clairvoyant means that you can see Um, So sometimes I get that when I'm reading tarot. Sometimes I just get that. I'll get an overwhelming sense that I need to like contact somebody about something or whatever, because I'll see something in my head. Some people are audio voyant, which means they hear stuff, which unfortunately a lot of people back in the day, they would say they were possessed or have other mental health issues, but they are truly hearing things. Deja vu is also, most people have had it at one point in time or another. My understanding with deja vu is that's just a checkpoint letting you know you're right where you're supposed to be at the time you're supposed to be there. I was just going to say, I don't know if this is normal, but I have like deja vu, but it's like, I'll have a dream and then it'll happen in real life. Yeah. That's a form of being psychic. So there you go. Look at you. My psychic without even knowing? Because I'd be so confused. Because I'm like, this happened, but it's not like it happened before. It's just happened in my Write mind. Write them down because you're pro- you might be being given certain bits of information of what you're supposed to do next. I don't know. I thought that happened to lots of people. I was like, that's just normal deja vu. And then I would tell people and they're like, no. No. When I'm doing things like Reiki or energy work on the table, I'll see things. And sometimes I see things... I don't like saying I can talk to dead people because I don't really talk to dead people, but there have been times I've distinctly heard things to tell the people that I'm working on. See, hearing things like this is hard because then there's people who fake being psychic or pretend they know how to do stuff like this because it'll bring them money. So if you're doing a reading, some people will say, well, why are you here? And they want to know. So I'm here about my jobs and they'll look at the cards. They'll look at you and they'll be like, so there's been an issue with father, a brother. And they'll kind of make it sound like it's fuzzy, but they're waiting for one little reaction. Like you titch at the side of your mouth, you go, or you just jump in and go, yeah, I've been arguing with my brother this whole entire time. Then they learn to run with it and they're reading you, not the cards. And that's something that I mean, can also be helpful sometimes, but it's not really truthful in what people are there for. You have to be careful with that because if they're good people readers, they're going to tell you what you want to hear and they might not be accessing anything, right? And this is where a lot of people get 
ripped off. Like there was a guy in Edmonton who got arrested for telling people that he could remove curses from them. And he had all these people buying into it. He was making these elderly people like so fearful because he was preying on their fear about things. And it would all start with leading questions about, you know, whatever he could find where their weakness was, he would exploit it. And then, oh, well, it's obviously got to be a curse of some sort. And, you know, for this much money, I can remove that. So when he got arrested, like a lot of, there was a few people who jumped all over that with like, oh yeah, well, anybody who reads, you know, tarot's full of crap, this, that, and the other. And it's like, actually don't paint us all with the same brush because it can be helpful just to have that discussion with somebody about where they are and what they're doing, not preying on their weaknesses. My nan had always told me if I was a people reader, she would reach across from the other side and smack me upside the head because she's like, you have to truthfully say what's in the cards. So if you came to me for a reading, I don't want to know why you want the reading. Just let me tell you what I see. And then you can tell me what it was you were looking for. And we'll see what, what works. I went with a friend, a friend was going to get a tarot reading. So I went with her as her recorder. Cause back in the day, we didn't have phones that would record things. So I had to write stuff down. And I walked in and this woman was a great people reader. And she took one look at me and she said, I won't read while you're in the room. Cause she knew, she knew that I would call her on it. I didn't even have to say anything. And I was kind of at first a bit confused, but then I realized when my friend's like, no, no, she's just here to like sit and listen. And I realized once she started laying out the cards and the questions she was pre-asking, I was like, she, she can't read. She's not doing what she's saying she can do, but that's why she didn't want me in the room. She just kind of had a feeling that it wasn't going to go well. That's so crazy that people do that. It's evil. That's so shitty. Like, But it happens all the time. Think of faith healers too, right? Like, do you really think you can smack someone on the forehead and they're going to start walking again? Probably not. If that were the case, then COVID should be healed by now. We just need a bunch of people walking around smacking people, right? Like, But you prey upon the weakness of when people feel like they're just not getting anywhere and that the system at large has failed them. And so there's a lot of charlatans in every, every sect of things, unfortunately. Yeah. I would feel so guilty. Like you're just stealing people's money, basically. How do you feel like, I don't know. It It is upsetting. Like for a long time, I didn't charge very much for my tarot readings for that reason too. It's kind of like, well, it's a gift I have. So I'll just, I'll do it to help. But I also recognize too, my time is worth money. So I do charge, I charge a decent amount now, but I don't charge a ridiculous amount by any stretch. I get in trouble for the same thing with my massage too, though. Apparently after 20 years of being in the business, I still charge on the low end of the scale, but I would rather people can afford to get on my table and get what they need than to kind of like, well, you can't afford me too bad. That's just never been in my, my thing. Like I'm here to help people. That's my job. That's a good mentality. Well, I'm scared of my grandmother. She's been gone a long time, but man, she'll come get me if I'm not being truthful. I know that. That's a good grandmother. She had, she instilled a lot of superstitions in me. um, Some of which I now see Lily has because I've kind of instilled them in her. I don't know if you follow my Instagram, but I'm often talking about fairies on it, right? Uh Like when I go down to the park and I leave little things for the fairies and stuff. I can't say fairies aren't real because some bad things happen, but It's one of those things where it also gives comfort just to think that there's something else out there. Although we, every year we plant a garden, I leave a little um, cup of milk and a little thing of honey for the fairies. Cause I've done that since I was a child with my grandma. The one year we didn't, the garden didn't grow. 
And my husband was like, what the hell? Cause he, he's a big skeptic. I married one of the biggest skeptics ever. Like that guy rolls his eyes at me. He doesn't as much anymore because he's like, I've seen things you've done things. I don't know how to explain that now. But when we were first dating, he's kind of like, yeah, okay, you go do your card thing, weirdo, you know, but um, so the garden didn't grow. And he's like, I think we forgot to leave something for the fairies. I was like, I don't know what happened there. So yeah, it was a very weird year when that went down, but he's still very skeptical about a lot of things. He just goes with it. That's awesome that you have that relationship though. You'd think that like, if you marry a skeptic, they would just always be like, you're crazy. Stop. But he was for a long time, but I don't really care. It was sort of, it's interesting because I've never in my inner circle of friends and family, I never really, you know, I'd read tarot, do my thing, be the little weirdo that I was. But as I got older, it was just more like, it's nothing to be ashamed of. And when I got my first tattoo, which was the triquetra, so that triangle one right there, most people think it's just a Celtic knot, but it actually represents the three phases of the moon and the three phases of the goddess. And then I got three more tattoos in my other arm and one of them's a pentacle. And my friend's like, well, I guess you can't hide it now. Like it's out there. And I was kind of like, yeah, let them come. Let people ask because I have nothing to be ashamed of because it's something that helps me have a good moral guide because I understand what I'm here to do and I'm under- and I understand how to be kind and all of the things that it actually means, not the turning people into frogs and casting hexes and doing <laughs> all the weird stuff, you know. That's awesome. This is so interesting. I've never talked to anyone about any of this stuff, so I never really knew yeah. anything except maybe stuff I saw online. But well, I, there's a lot of witch groups and stuff I do follow online too. And there's sometimes I kind of roll my eyes. <laughs> like, what are you people talking about? You bunch of weirdos. There's a lot of these things that I that I'm really interested in, but I feel like they're all they sort of all take on their own lifestyle. And I can't possibly be culturally, I prefer to be like normal guy. I'm, I'm, for example, I'm really into metal music, but I would not fit into a metal concert at all. Like I don't look the part. I'm, I would be afraid of all of them. I went to a Metallica concert once. I get that because I was yelling the whole time. So like this sucks live. <laughs> People are like looking at me like they're going to beat me up. I was like, okay, never mind. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think exactly. though, if you approach stuff with a sense of fearlessness, just to try it out at least once, most people don't care right? Like when I was telling you about that witch's ball, I was intimidated to go there because it's the biggest coven in New Orleans. They're actually quite well known. They do a lot of charity work and stuff down there, but they're very closed in on themselves as most covens are, except they host this ball every year. And so my husband and I went and because he's such a skeptic, uh, the whole time we're on our way there, I'm like, you behave. This is how these people live. Do not make fun of them. <laughs> behave. You know. And But he had a fantastic time and he learned a lot from that too. And I noticed coming back from that trip, he was much more open about the things that I was into. I'm with you though. There's still so many things I want to learn. Like I'm constantly taking random classes and things and buying books on different histories of different versions of paganism just to see what I can get from it. Some of it fits, some of it doesn't, but it also makes it easier to understand other people. Yeah, there's so much, so much to, I guess, I guess, yeah, most I can do is, uh, is maybe look into it, watch some videos, maybe, maybe be part of a reading at some point. Oh, for sure. Facebook groups. They're good, but they can be dangerous. See how welcoming some are to observers. Cause there's some that are and some that aren't. And if they're trying to push anything on you or sell you on anything or tell you that their way is the only way that's where the danger lies because 
most, I don't like using the term true pagans, but true pagans don't put anybody down for, you know, that like my God's better than your God because we don't play that. But there are some groups that do firmly believe that because that's where their dogma lies. And that's where it becomes a little dangerous because if you start saying you're better because you believe X, Y, and Z, that's not how it's supposed to be. We're all here just to find a way to work together. It's good to do research and read all the things you can and get your hands on different things, but definitely coming at it from a skeptical point of view is a better way to do it because there is a lot of really head scratching, strange things out there. Yeah. I feel like the the initial, like anything like this, the initial, if you, if you look at it really in a really shallow way, you don't feel like all you get is the smoke and mirrors until you really dig into what it is. Mm-hmm. And then you understand a little bit more. It's, it's this, this basic an idea where that says that people like right when they start learning about something, they think they're an expert. And then as they learn more about it, their confidence and how much they know goes down. And then until it eventually goes a little bit back up once they're, Mm -hmm. you know, as they actually get really good and really know about it. But even once they're, you know, maximum expert in the topic, they still don't have the confidence that they had when they first started learning about it because they thought they were the best. I see it in massage all the time, like teaching massage. I get my newbies in there because I teach the first hands-on class. And I'm like, why are you guys here? And they're like, we're healers. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) I just kind (laughs) of cut them down. And they're like, well, how do you know how to work on all this stuff? I'm like, I don't. I'm teaching you what I know that's in the book. However, when you're out in the real world, you're going to realize how lost you actually are. You just have to trust your instinct and trust that you know enough to get to the next point. And it is interesting to watch them deconstruct as they go because they do. They walk in thinking, well, massage is just this. And then as they're going, you see their heads spinning a little more like this is way more complicated than we thought. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I said, the reason I've stuck with this one for over 20 years is to me, it's a puzzle. And I get to put a new puzzle together every time somebody's on my table. And you can see that scares a lot of the new students because they're like, so you don't know all the things? I'm like, no, not even close. And I find that um, belief systems should be the same too. The minute you think you have all the answers from whatever you're praying to or, or meditating on, you're lost. You're more lost than you realize. But when you realize that you have, you're comfortable in how many questions that you have because you trust that something will come along. And it doesn't matter what faith it is. I think that that just stands to reason for any of it, really. Yeah, I just I, that's so weird. I just thought that right before you said that. This is actually kind of funny, Kale. Is it okay if I expose you for a second here? Sure. When I texted Kale about this interview, I was like, oh, we have Deanna on. She does like tarot and stuff like that. He's like, oh, God, like her (laughs) whole thing's a lie. Like that stuff's not true, blah, blah, blah. And now here he is like interested in learning about this stuff. And I just think it's kind of funny. I think you would have stuck to your guns, Kale, if I come on and said, "Okay, let me lay out some cards for you. I'm going to tell you exactly what's happening here and this, this and this and been very um, stuck in a very singular view. Because that would have reinforced your position on it, really. Totally. Yeah, you came in and kind of were the exact opposite of what I thought you'd be. So it it definitely, it kind of cleared everything. What did you think of Now I'm curious. What did you think it was well, going to be like? Basically what you said. But this, you immediately sort of addressed those things as those those are literally the fake things. The th- and all uh-huh. the things that, yeah, all the things that I had seen. The stereotypes. Without even me telling you that I was skeptical of those things, you said you are skeptical of those things. So to me that, mm-hmm. you know, that was like, okay, so we're on the same page. You said that being a skeptic 
is good as an open skeptic uh-huh. and which again i was like great i didn't think that you would think that way so yeah thank you deanne for coming <laughs> on it was so much fun to learn all these new things from you i'll definitely be reading up some more because this is actually really cool i think this is the most interesting uh conversation i've had on this podcast for sure and i i really appreciate you coming by because it's been a lot of fun and really eye-opening for me as a, as you know like i said sort of a skeptic person so i appreciate it well thank you guys i'll do this anytime like i was saying a little while ago i'm i'm around so if you have any further questions or other stuff you want to talk about most definitely i would be up for that awesome now it's sayonara